sent me. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of a background once I start preaching or teaching about what this is. Um, so verse 7 says, Then the priest shall wash his clothes, and he shall bathe his flesh in water, and afterwards he shall come into the camp, and the priest shall be unclean until the even. And he that burneth, uh, he that burneth her shall wash his clothes in water, and bathe his flesh in water, and shall be unclean until the even. And a man that is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer, and lay them up without the camp in a clean place. And it shall be kept for the congregation of the children of Israel for a water of separation. It is a purification for sin. And he that gathereth the ashes of the heifer shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the even. And it shall be unto the children of Israel unto the stranger that sojourneth among them for a statute forever. He that toucheth the dead body of any man shall be unclean seven days. He shall purify himself with it on the third day. And on the seventh day he shall be clean. But if he purify not himself on the third day, then the seventh day he shall not be clean. Whosoever toucheth the dead body of a man that is dead and purifieth not himself, defileth the tabernacle of the Lord. And that, shall, and, and that soul shall be cut off from Israel, because the water of separation was not sprinkled upon him. He shall be unclean, as uncleanness is yet upon him. This is the law. When a man lieth, dieth in a tent, all, everyone say all, all that come into the tent, and all that is in the tent shall be unclean seven days. Verse 15 is where we're going to preach from tonight. And every open vessel which hath no covering bound upon it is unclean. Moses here is talking about what happens when somebody dies inside their tent. And he says if they die inside their tent, everything is unclean. But here in verse 15, he sneaks in this rather odd comment. And he says if there's a vessel there and it's uncovered, at the time of death, that vessel is unclean. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. Say amen when you have it. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2.20. 2 Timothy 2.20. Say amen when you have it. Go to the right and you won't get left. Praise God. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor some to honor and some to dishonor. And I want to preach to you today on this subject, uncovered and unclean, uncovered and unclean. Jesus, we give you praise for your word. Your word is powerful and it is anointed. God, I'm asking you to help me to preach tonight. God, speak to me so that you might speak through me. 
God, I surrender my lips, my mind, my heart. God, I pray that you would allow me to preach from the depths of my soul the things you've been talking to me about all week. Lord, I want to serve your people well, that they may be prepared for the road ahead. In Jesus' name, help me to edify, encourage, educate, strengthen your people. They're a wonderful people. In Jesus' name, someone shout amen. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap. may be seated. As many of you know, we've been in the book of Numbers now for 19 plus weeks. Thank you, Brother Willoughby, for last week's sermon. Amen. And uh, we have been going through every chapter uh, to the best of our ability and examining uh, what the Lord has for us. But there are several themes that we can miss when we uh, go through a book in this manner. I do believe in systematic teaching. I believe it is absolutely necessary and fundamental to Christian development. But there are some things that can be missed. And one of the things that can often be missed, unless it's highlighted by the instructor or the preacher or the teacher, are themes. Are themes. Uh, in fact, if you ever want to see a theme in a book, the best way to do it is to actually try to read the whole book in a day. You sit down, and I've done it with the Gospel of Mark and Matthew and a few others. You just read the whole book in one day, and you will begin to pick up patterns and themes in those books. There are several themes in the book of Numbers that we have already preached from. We have touched on this particular theme, but not in great detail. And it is the theme of instruction before travel. As you might know, the children of Israel have been stationed at Mount Sinai from chapters 1 to 11, I believe it is. And then they will go on uh, to Harem, and then they go on to uh, Moab, and then they will try to get into Canaan. But before they embark on their journey through a particular region of land, they are always given instructions first. Before they go into the wilderness for the first time, they receive the Ten Commandments at Sinai. And now they are about to embark on another journey. And so uh, the Lord begins to give them instructions. And as a side note, uh, I have tried to actually pattern my own pastoring after uh, the Bible. And what I mean by that is I refuse to hold anybody accountable for something that I have not personally taught them. But once I have taught somebody something, I will talk to them very candidly and explicitly about what the Bible says. I personally think that it's not a good habit to correct people that you've never taught. Somebody say, praise the Lord. And we do this as parents, but we need to do this as Christians. We need to make sure that we teach people. So this chapter that we're reading from tonight in Numbers 19 is the instructions before the next journey. These instructions cover the topic of a red heifer. And we spoke about this a few weeks ago. 
I won't go into great detail about this, but there's a difference between a heifer and a cow. A heifer is a cow that has never had children, and therefore it cannot produce milk. And so God wants a pure red heifer. This heifer cannot have any spots on it. It has to be totally red. Uh, Heim Richman in Israel has devoted his entire life to trying to produce these red heifers. And they are important because without the sacrifice of these red heifers, the Jews do not believe that they can be cleansed from one of the most uh, significant sins uh, in the Torah. Um, I remember uh, several weeks, months ago, years ago probably, uh, you know, you start hearing all the rumors about the world falling apart. And at first you think rapture, and then you think preparation. <laughs> at first you think rapture, then you think survival. And so I bought these, these books on, you know, urban survival, like, you know, how to, how to power a flashlight off lemons or something, you know, these kinds, these kinds of things. You know you stay up at night wondering this. And... Uh, before I knew it, I was making survival kits out of Altoid boxes. <laughs> but one of the things that the man said in these survival books was that the one thing people are never prepared for are the carcasses. The carcasses. People die. Bodies fall. Animal and human alike. And you... You can't just leave a dead body there. I know we've all smashed our spiders and bugs, and, but when you have a 200, 800 pound, 200, 180 pound human laying on the ground, they cannot stay there. And you can't eat, you have to clean up the area where they laid. You can't even let a dog, a 40, 50 pound dog, just lay there. Uh, these, these, this can have horrible, horrible uh, consequences. And you can't just handle them. You can't just touch dead bodies either. There's all kinds of situations that can get really nasty really quick. And so this has been this way for a long time. And so the Jews have always seen it as necessary to not only be spiritually, but also physically cleansed from the touching and the interaction with dead bodies. I hope I'm not boring anybody tonight. But God tells them, you'll find this red heifer, and you will sacrifice this red heifer. And the sacrificing of this red heifer is extremely unique to all other sacrifices in the Bible. Because with this red heifer, they do not keep the blood. The entire thing goes into the fire. The entire heifer will be made ashes. And then they will mix those ashes with hyssop and with cedarwood. Cedarwood has cleansing elements. And properties. And so they mix this concoction. And then uh, they, they throw a red, a red string. A red piece of yarn inside of it. And uh, they cannot. If they have touched a dead body. They, they, they cannot come back into their community or their society. Until the priest has covered them. With this concoction of the ashes. The hyssop. The cedar wood. And the red string. 
And as Moses begins to recite these peculiar set of rules and how one is made clean by the water and the ashes of the red heifer, he addresses what happens to vessels that are in the house but uncovered at the time of death. And with a steady hand and a ready pen, he declares any uncovered vessel at the time of death is unclean. And when I read this verse, I thought of the vessels. Uh, I thought about the poor little vessels in the house that had the misfortune of being left uncovered on that day when someone died. That day, for whatever reason, whatever jar, whatever vessel was left uncovered, is now made unclean by the death of a body inside the house or the death of a person. And immediately I thought about two more things. Number one, I thought about how the Bible calls us vessels. Moreover, it calls us vessels in a great house. And it says that some of us are vessels of honor and some of us are vessels of dishonor. And the second thing I thought about was how death is not only a representation of sin in the Bible, but it is the cause of death as well. Praise God. We would not be dying today had Adam and Eve not eaten of that fruit. Praise God. But we are dying today. And this is why the writer in Romans says that the wages of sin is death. Praise God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But here we see the vessels, and we see the death, and we see the great house. And with that in mind, I want to preach to you about why it's so important to be a covered vessel in this great house that we call the church. Hallelujah. I want you to know, amen, that in this great house, amen, there are many vessels. Amen. And each of us represents some kind of a vessel. And all of us do well to stay covered. The more I pastor, the more I realize that as God's vessels in God's house, we need to be taught how to stay covered. Praise God. Because I know it as unpleasant as it may be, amen, there is going to be death in God's house. And I'll, and I'll talk about that in, in, in just a minute. But in Philippians chapter 2 and 12, the Apostle Paul says some words that we are all familiar with. He tells the saints, the vessels of the church of Philippi, he says, I want you to learn how to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But it's what he says before that that is very interesting. He says, I want you to learn how to work out your salvation with fear and trembling in my presence and in my absence. In other words, he's telling them, you have to add layers to your pastoral covering. Amen. I'm just here to tell you, amen, that you need a pastor. Amen. A pastor is a type of a covering in your life. I said a pastor is a type of a covering in your life. Amen. There, there, there has entered this idea into the church that people don't need pastors. And uh, I'll tell you something else that I'm not happy with, that I see a whole lot going on. And I've, it's always been this way. It's nothing new. Everybody has their favorite dead guy. 
Amen. There are a lot of people that will don't, they don't want a living pastor. They want somebody who's been dead a long time ago, praise God, to tell them how to live for God. And really what it is, it's just a cheap excuse to not have to listen to a man, amen, that watches you and that watches over you, amen, and that can see you, praise God. And so everybody has their favorite dead preacher, praise God. Uh, I'm telling you, you don't need a dead preacher. You need a living pastor, praise God. Amen, I, I'm, I'm just, and I'm getting way ahead of myself. But saints, I've been in church long enough to tell you there are people that are going to drop dead in the house of God. There are people that are going to lose out with God. There's going to be people that are going to backslide. There's going to be people that are going to lose out. And I'm not, and I'm going to actually talk about all this in just a second. But you got to make sure that as a vessel in the house, you're covered, lest you become unclean by the clumsiness of some. Oh, somebody say praise the Lord. But a lot of us stop right there. Uh, in fact, I remember I spent probably the first 10 years of my salvation strictly, amen, only worried about my pastoral covering. That's all I ever obsessed about. That's all I ever thought about. I came to church worried about it. I went to sleep worried about it. Praise God. I, that's, that's all I ever thought about was what's my pastor going to think? What's my pastor going to say? How's my pastor going to interpret this? What did my pastor mean by that when he preached this? What, what, what are we doing wrong? And what about the pastor? And let me just tell you, I'm a pastor. I'm not trying to put myself out of, out of business here to this evening but I want you to know that's only one of the many layers that you that's only one of the many coverings that have to be on these vessels praise God pastoral covering is just the beginning folks and I'm not trying to amen tack rules on nobody but I'm, I want you to know that the additional coverings that God offers us they're not rules at all praise God they're benefits they're blessings they're privileges and you got to have those coverings because I told somebody the other day I said, I know how a lot of people see our church. A lot of people enter the doors of this church, and they see it as a small home missions church. And uh, nothing could be more deceptive. Amen. This might be God's house, but it's also a courthouse. Amen. And I just know when you go from county to county, the courthouses are different sizes. Praise God. And I know I've seen a lot of people walk through these doors and think to themselves, I'm going to be a big blessing to these kids. I'm going to kind of show them, amen, how to do Pentecost. Let me just tell you something, friend. If you end up here, amen, it may be because you are on your last ride. Praise God. Because the bigger the problem, the smaller the classroom. The bigger the, come on somebody, amen, if you've ever been in a hospital, you know the bigger the risk of life and death, the smaller the room you're put in, praise God. And so there's a lot of people that come in here thinking they're going to help the kids have church. Well, I got news for you, praise God. We ain't kids, praise God. Amen, I'm a 42-year-old man, praise God. I've been preaching this gospel all around the world for 20 years. That may not rub everybody right. Everybody may not like that, praise God. But that's just the facts, praise God. This ain't my first time pastoring. This ain't the first time I've tried to start a church from the ground up. Amen, this ain't the, I'm just, I'm just here to let you know, praise God, that all of us, it doesn't matter the size of the church. When you step into God's house, you need to recognize there's a whole lot of business going on inside. God's house big little small amen and I I'll tell you right now if I was a preacher and I'd only been preaching two or three years I'd be giving you the same advice you got to be careful when you step into God's house you may think of it amen in small terms you may think of it in insignificant terms but I'm just letting you know there are eternal transactions taking place in here praise God there are eternal there are people getting married here there are babies being 
Come on, there are babies being born here. There will be funerals here. Praise God, there will be children raised here. Praise God, there will be baptisms here. There will be repentance of sins. Amen, here. There's going to be all kinds of eternal transactions. And I'm afraid that we've bought into the denominal idea that the church is just supposed to be a happy place. The church is is not just here to secure your happiness because there's a lot of stuff that happens on inside the house of God that's not happy, but it's wonderful. It's not happy. Happy, but it's good for us. It's not happy. Come on. I'm not just going to be a pleasure-seeking Pentecostal. Praise God. There's just stuff that happens in the house of God. Praise God. That's of the most serious and eternal nature. Yeah. Hallelujah. And your pastoral covering. Paul told the church, he said, I'm so glad y'all act right when I'm around. But I, I got to get you guys to the place where you act right in my absence. I'm so glad you guys show up to church when you know I'm going to be here. But I need to get you guys to the place where you're in church no matter who's going to be here. Oh, I'm preaching good tonight. Oh, and if I could, I'd come back on a Sunday and just preach to you. Amen. About the absence. Praise God. We all, I, I remember the day. I remember the day. Praise God. I remember the day I, I made that transfer. I crossed that bridge from preacher religion. To worshiping Jesus. I I remember the day I made that transition. And I said, I heard pastor's going to be gone this weekend and I'm still coming. And I'm going to still shout. I remember when I made the transition and I said, I said, if they forget to, to hand out the offering plate, I'm showing up to the pastor's house to drop off my tithe. And I made, because I wasn't serving him. And, and there even came a day when I wasn't afraid to tell him, I love you, but I'm not serving you. I'm serving God. Praise the Lord. And that's not, an, that's not a slam on my pastor. I'm just letting you know that we all got to make that transition. Some of us are not ready to make that transition. Praise God. But we got to get to the place where we know how to serve God in the presence of the minister. And we know how to serve God in the absence of the minister. We need to get to that place where we understand that that's just one of the many coverings that God has for our lives. Praise God. We need to get to the point where we, are, where we understand every time I step into the house of the Lord, I got to be covered lest I get come on somebody somebody say praise the Lord week in and week out there will be sin that comes through the doors of this church if your church don't have sinners you ain't doing it right I better see earrings I better see rings come on somebody I better better see somebody, somebody with multicolored hair We ain't doing it right. We better smell smoke. Oh, I know, I know some folks, I know people that leave churches because there's too many colored folk coming in. I know people that leave churches because there's too many ex-convicts coming in. I know people that leave churches because they were made to sit next to a homeless man. I know people that leave churches, praise God, because stuff's just getting a little too sinnerish for them. Hey, I'm telling you, you ain't doing it right, praise God, and you ain't seeing things right, praise God, if you're just trying to find you a doctored up, clean little church. Amen, I'm telling you, folks, this ain't a cruise ship. This is a battleship, praise God. We're, we're in a war. We're in a war. We're in a war. We're in a war. Hey, and let me tell you, I've been preaching and pastoring long enough to tell you I know some guys in white shirts, amen, with great jobs, and they're, 
they're living just as ruthless and just as scummy, praise God, as the guy that came in off the street drunk. Praise God. We don't make, we, we just deal with sin. We don't, we, I'm just telling you, we're just here to deal with sin. Amen. Hallelujah. It may come in in a business suit and it may come in in rags. Praise God. But if the church is doing its job, sin is going to come through the door and there's going to be death. I said, there's just death that comes in through the doors. I'm going to talk to you tonight. I know God spoke to me. I'm telling you, this is the last verse I thought I'd ever preach from. But I'm telling you, the Lord has spoken to me. I was, I was in my room just a few nights ago, and the Lord gave me this verse and downloaded the whole message. Praise God. Like he was playing Tetris in my head. Hallelujah. Praise God. Some of y'all never played Tetris. There's sin that's going to come through the door. And that's death. Some sin will be dealt with. Some sin will be forgiven. Some sin will be hidden. Some sin will be confessed. Some sin will be kept quiet. But the one thing that sin cannot do is produce life. The wages of sin is death. And every Wednesday and every Sunday... There's a certain amount of death that walks through the door into this great house. And you, my beloved vessels, you ain't spare tires, you're vessels. Must be covered. For those of you that are new, I'm your covering. I am your spiritual. I'm your spiritual covering. That's what the Bible, amen, calls me. Praise God. Got a few older saints to say that. That's fine. But I am, but as your preacher and as your teacher, my goal is to keep pushing you towards serving God in my absence. Hey, I'm just telling you right now, you don't, you, I better stay behind the mic. They complain. Praise God. Hey, you don't want to be that saint that is magically attached to my church attendance. I'm going to be here 99.9% .9 of the time. But when I'm gone, you don't want to be magically gone too. You don't want to be that guy. I remember when I first came to church, I used to notice like, man, that guy over there always misses when pastor misses. And I know pastor don't even call him. And I remember telling myself, I don't want to be that guy. No, not, I wasn't down in the brother. I just didn't want to be attached I didn't want my salvation to hinge on a person. All arrows have to point to Jesus. And so you got, you got advanced to that absence. To where you could serve God in the absence. But there's a certain amount of death that comes in every service. I'm going to tell you some stuff that's probably rarely ever talked about. But I got, a, I got a job to do tonight. We have to stay covered against the death unto repentance. What does that mean? I don't want any of y'all sinning with the sinners. There are people that are coming in here with a certain amount of death on their life. 
And they have every intention of repenting of it. Of being baptized against it. They are not here to be your boyfriend and girlfriend. I, I have seen situations where people start, saints start sinning with the sinners. I have seen, I have seen dynamics. And situ I'm thinking of one situation right now that I know of where, well, I won't even mention it. You have sinners coming through the door. And they're here to get saved. But there's uncovered vessels. There's young ladies that don't have their father's covering. There's young ladies that don't have there's young ladies that don't have their pastors covering. And so before you know it, the saints are sinning with the sinners. Because there's an uncovered vessel in this great house. Somebody say praise the Lord. I remember I uh, this doesn't happen here. This doesn't happen here because we're a church. But uh, I remember I had a good, good friend of mine, actually. Uh, and I was just talking about how the church preaches deliverance against drugs and alcohol. And uh, he told me, he said, I'm the head of the AA chapter in a particular state. And um, he said, you know, one of, one of my biggest grievances is that a lot of the people that get busted for dope and drinking and all this stuff, he said, they go to AA Especially like when they move to a new state, the first place they go is not to the streets. They go to AA to get a new hookup. Because they know that's where all the dope dealers are at. And they know that's where all the people that know where the hookups are at. Like, and it's safe. I know, I know, I know people that say, man, I need, I, I'm just tired of living this way. I need to go get me a good girl. I'm going to go to church. That is the truth. That's not just, that's not just kind of the truth. That's, that's, that's the real truth. And so I'm, I'm just encouraging everybody here. Stay covered. Have you a covering in your life? Amen. You young people, you single people, you married folks. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't make, I, I, don't, I don't have time to preach about all the coverings. Amen. If you're married, you need to have a marital covering in your life. Your wife is there for a reason. Your husband is there for a reason. Praise God. You kids, you, you need to have parental covering in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hey, can I preach to you? Can I preach to you? Amen. Hallelujah. You kids, you need a parental covering. You parents, you need a pastoral covering. Hallelujah. Can I tell you this pastor right here needs a church covering. Praise God. Amen. We're all in this together, but we can't be uncovered vessels in this great house there's just too much death walking through the door i know we all want this amen to be a museum i'm sorry it's a hospital praise god this is not a museum this is a hospital we're not here to entertain each other we're not here to see what sister kendra might sing next we're not here to see what brother jesse might sing next we're not here to hear sister prado's next song selection we're not here to hear brother kevin rip it up on the guitar praise god amen we are here to save souls amen but in the process we need to make sure that we're covered vessels.
Amen. And you know there ain't a pastor, amen, this side of the Mississippi that wants every single person in this church married more than I do. But God knows. I don't want you looking at everybody that walks through the door, amen, as, as the next possible mate. Praise God. Hallelujah. We got to let, we got to get the death off of them. Praise God. We got to get the death off of them. We got to get the death off of them. Somebody say praise God. We have, to, we have to keep ourselves covered against the death of the unrepentant. If you stay, you know, I'll never forget it. I, I want to say his name because I'm still so upset at the man. I remember I was in, I was in church maybe two years. And... Uh, we were, we were helping out in the church in San Francisco. And um, there was a particular man in the church there in San Francisco that needed help. And so uh, my pastor asked me if I could help him. I said, sure, I'll help him. Uh, he needed help moving. So we got in the U-Haul and head down to San Francisco and uh, helped him load all this stuff. He got back in the car. Real nice looking guy. Real docile looking. Real calm. You, well, now that I think about it, he kind of looked like the Unabomber, to be honest. But that's, that's another message. Kind of, he, he was real odd. He wore a suit all the time. Didn't matter if he was moving furniture. He just always wore a suit. And he had these little 70s rimmed glasses. And uh, quoted a lot of Bible. Lots of Bible. Almost spoke in King James. Ordered food at McDonald's in King James. Everything ended with a TH. And I'll never forget looking at him as we were going 280 back towards the peninsula. I remember seeing all the trees behind him. That nice fog. And he said, well, this is, how he, this is how he started the sentence. I won't tell you all he said. You ever wondered? You ever wondereth? <laughs> you ever wondereth why, why the pastor does this and the saints do that? You ever wonder? You ever wonder why some people celebrate birthdays? You ever wonder where we get this from? You ever wonder if that's in the Bible? And I am not kidding you. As I sat there in a U-Haul going down 280 South, I could feel this man's venom. I could feel I was an uncovered vessel. And he was an unrepented. I don't even like to call him a saint because saints are repented. He was an unrepented ain't. There are saints and ain'ts. He was an ain't. Oh, I'm telling you, he didn't go anywhere without a suit and a white shirt. But he didn't go anywhere without that venom either. And he talked that trash and he talked it big. But he, in a very soft, subtle, little voice. Was always good to do the street preaching on the streets of San Francisco. But also did some extra preaching in the U-Haul with the new converts. And I didn't realize that there's a lot of death 
There's a lot of dead bodies falling. There's a lot of old bodies that never got picked up. And I didn't realize that I needed to have a covering in my life. I didn't, this poor little vessel, and I promise you as I sat there and I listened to that man talk, I'm telling you, I'm not afraid to tell you, I felt my spirit change. I felt my thinking change. Next time I came into church, I came in suspicious. Next time I came into the church, I came questioning everything. Next time I came to the church, I started asking other questions. And I started, I started, I started checking the tops of other vessels to see if they were covered. Praise God. And something got a hold of me. Amen. Amen. I had, I had some, I had a crawl in me, as they say in the South. Praise God. I just had something in me that was now not so comfortable about church. And, and I just wanted to have my own little revolution. Praise God. And I was checking the tops of the other vessels to see. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you. It took me years to get that out of my spirit. It took me years to get that out of my heart. It took me. I'm, I'm preaching to somebody right now. Hallelujah. You got to be careful. Praise God. For them old bodies that have been laying there a long time. Praise God. Amen. You, you got to make sure that you're a covered vessel. You got to make sure that your wife has you covered. You got to make sure your husband has you covered. You got to make sure your mom has you covered. You got to make sure your dad has you covered. You got to make sure your pastor has you covered. And if you'll just let me preach for a few more minutes tonight, you got to make sure you got this Bible covering you. You got to make sure you got this lifestyle covering you. You got to make sure that you're covered from head to toe. You got to make sure that you're covered under the shadow of the Almighty. Praise God. Because it ain't all good in here. Amen. I'm telling you, God is good. He's good all the time, and he's good every time he's here. But I'm sorry, there's just a whole lot of death traversing through the house. Praise God. This is a great house, but I want to be a vessel of honor. This is a great house, and I want to be a vessel of honor. Oh, somebody help me right now. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody say praise God. Somebody, gentlemen, if your wife tells you I don't feel comfortable around that man, you got to go find you another friend. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. Ladies, amen. If your husband says I don't feel comfortable, amen, around that, hallelujah, you got to go find you a new friend. Praise God. Amen. We got to keep our coverings. Praise God. We got to keep our coverings. Praise God. You got to stay covered. Hey. I don't even have time to preach about all this. I wish I did. But can I talk to you about little baby Samuel? Little boy Samuel. Praise God. His mama covered him in prayer. In fact, his mom dedicated him to the temple. And she'd come back every year to make sure he was still covered right. Amen. Sometimes she had to make him a larger coat because the boy was growing. But he was covered. He was covered in prayer. He was covered in burden. He was covered in love. Praise God. And when Eli, that old backslid priest, amen, died, amen, it had no effect on Daniel. In fact, the boy started prophesying. Then the Bible says that none of his words fell to the ground. Amen. <clears throat> we got to teach our kids how to live for God. Amen. Even when all fails. Praise God. We got to teach. We got to, we got to, we got to live for God. We got to, come on, somebody. Amen. I love my wife, and I love my children, and I don't mean to say this to scare them, but I would be doing you a disservice to not tell you, you better serve God even if I fail. You better serve God even if I fail. You better walk, you better walk out of this church if I stop preaching this message. You better leave on the first train. 
please rebuke me and talk to me if I'm not preaching this message straight. And if I keep preaching anything wacky, you get yourself out of here. Praise God. I'm not afraid. My pastorship is not on the line. Your soul is on the line. Praise God. And you got to just be willing to do whatever you got to do to keep yourself covered. Come on, sir. Oh, let's praise him right now. Let's praise him right now. Oh, let's praise Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, let's lift our hands and praise Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let's praise him right now. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I remember I was preaching at a church one time. Young girl sitting in the crowd. There's, there's people in this church that know this young girl. I got to preaching. She put her headphones in. Boom. She looked like a, like, she looked like a boy. She had a Raiders beanie on. She kind of thugged out. And I'm just telling you, I just, I just felt something in my spirit. And I kept preaching to her. Not, I just kept preaching what the Holy Ghost was giving me. And you know, sometimes when the Holy Ghost gives the preacher something, if you're not discerning, you won't realize that actually what the preacher's doing is he's covering you. I'm covering you right now. You may not believe that. You may not want that. You're getting it anyways. Compliments of East Bay Bible Fellowship and its ministerial staff. Dios te bendiga. And I was just covering her and covering her. And, and covering her, because the word covers. So I just kept giving word and word and word. And I remember, I remember like it was yesterday. She took her headphones out. She came up to me. She said, I heard everything you were saying. She said, I put these headphones on so you would think I, I couldn't hear you. She said, but let me tell you something, Pastor. Because I'm just going to let
said, I, I've, I've been so depressed, so suicidal. She said, I want out. I don't want to mess with this. I told her, I said, you've done the right thing by humbling yourself. You've done the right thing by coming under the covering of the word and the preaching of the word. Come on. I'm preaching to some parents right now. You got to cover those babies. You got to cover those babies. You got to, amen, hallelujah. Brother Jacobo, it doesn't matter how far Claire is, you can cover her. Praise God. Jessica, you can cover James at school. You can cover him at home. Praise God. We can cover Caleb and Simon. We can cover Bennett and Olivia. Praise God. We can cover Ayla and Nora. Come on, somebody. And I'm not just about covering my kids. I want to cover my kids' kids. Praise God. Come on, somebody. We got we to get ahead of these things. We got to put those coverings on these little vessels. Praise God. I want them to be vessels of honor. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I, I don't apologize, but I have to be honest with you. Pick your poison. You can either put your kids in the war zone out there or you could put them in the war zone in here. Praise God. I'm sorry. There's a war going on in here. And that's why that's why we have kids church. There's a war zone going on in here. And that's why we teach them, yes, Jesus loves me. Praise God. There, this is a war zone going on in here. And this is why we lay our hands on them even when they don't know what we're talking about. Praise God. This is a war zone. And this is why we let them sit in church. And this is why we try to put them in Sunday school. Amen. It's a covering. It's a covering. It's a nobody gets out of the war. Nobody gets out of the war. You're either you're either a victim, amen, hallelujah, or you're part of the victorious team. Amen. But there's nothing in between. Praise God. You're either on team Jesus, amen, or you're on your way to hell. You know what a lot of people don't realize? They they always ask, why how could a loving God send people to hell? You don't understand. You we are going to hell. God don't send nobody there. We're on our way there. What God does is he interrupts the program. Oh, I said he interrupts the program. But when you've been extricated, extracted, taken out, or as the Bible says, wrapped out out. When you've been saved, this is where we get the word saved. When you've been lassoed out, you got to get covered. And so for a few minutes, and I know it's late, but I feel this so strong in my heart. I'm going to talk to you about three coverings. Isaiah 61 and 10, I promise I won't be long. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. Daily righteous living is a covering. I said daily righteous living is a covering. Daily righteous living is a covering. I said daily righteous living is a covering. That means we pray every day. We even pray on Sundays before we get to church. Amen. Hallelujah. We pray on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And we still believe in midweek service. We make time for this. We make time for daily. We read our Bibles daily. And if you, you know, I'm, I'm not against this. Some people may be against it. I'm not against this. You, if you don't want to read your Bible daily, listen to it daily. Man, God bless technology. Amen. Amen. Use it for good. Put that Bible on. 
Man, let it play. Somebody say, praise God. Man, they even make stuff with little music in the background now. They'll even give you sound effects. And James Earl Jones might even read you the King James. Praise God. You have no reason to not read your Bible. You have no reason to not get you some daily righteous living. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a good covering when the pastor's not around. It's a good covering when mom and dad aren't around. It's a good covering. Amen. Hallelujah. When there's a lot of death floating through the air. It's a, it's a good covering. Amen. When there's a lot of dead bodies on the ground. It's a good covering when there's a lot of sin. Amen. Trying to creep into everything. Praise God. It's a good covering when you're all alone and brother backslid but don't nobody know it. Amen. Wants to ask you, have you ever wondered? Praise God. It's a good covering. Just Daily righteous living, daily, Monday through Monday, righteous, Holy Ghost filled, prayer meeting life. Come on. Somebody. Psalm 61 and 2, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covering of thy wings. I love everybody at home. I understand. But let me tell you something. Regular church attendance is a covering. It's a covering. It's a covering. You know, Renee, God bless you. Uh, wait, Belmont, you live in Belmont, Burlingame. Be us in Belmont or Burlingame? Belmont. He drove all the way from Belmont over the bridge. But you know, he's getting a covering. You're going to feel better tomorrow, Renee. Thursday's going to feel great. Even if they yell at you at work or whatever. You're just going to feel good about it. Brother Kevin back there came all the way from, well, did you, did you come from your home? You came from, well, sometimes he comes from Concord. Antioch, sorry. 925. That's far. Oh, but God give me 10 folks that'll drive over 10 miles to get covered up. Oh, I'll tell you, we'll have some revival. Praise God. On a Wednesday night? Praise God. You know, to some people, the covering is just still that important. Praise God. Amen. I'm just telling you. Amen. It's, 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 it, I can't tell you how many times. Man, I needed church so bad. I can't tell you how many times I came in when I didn't want to. My wife will tell you there's been more, there's been more than 50 times I've had to step to this pulpit and tell my wife, I'm laying on the floor in my office and tell my wife, lay your hands on me, pray for me. I don't even feel like I could preach. I'm telling you, the devil will fight you to get you out of church. He'll fight you. He'll fight you to take away your church attendance. He'll fight you. He'll make it hard on you. He'll make the baby cry. He'll make the kids act up. He'll, he'll, he'll give you a headache, a toe ache, a finger ache, a car ache. Praise God. You'll show up on spare, spare tires. We, we ain't leaving the spare tires alone. Praise God. Spare tires, praise God. Musicians will get sick, praise God. The pastor will be hobbling along in the sermon, praise God. It, 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 you know, when our children were little, little, I'm telling you, every time, every time, without fail, we got ready for church. There was explosions of all kinds. 
But you know, if we're going out to, to, to Target to buy stuff or Yogurt Land or wherever, everything's fine. Just fine. But church time? And you know what? I just thank God for my wonderful wife. My wife was just like, we're going to clean it up and we're still going. And it just stopped. After a while, it just stopped. Because there just comes a point where you got to get in that spirit's face. And you got to say, you know what? You will not take away my covering. I need this. I need this. I, I got to have I got to have this covering. Because there'll be a day my pastor's not there. There'll be a day my parents aren't there. There'll be a day I find myself face to face with a backslider who talked crazy in the church. There'll be a day. There'll be a day, hallelujah, when I'm all by myself. There'll be a day, hallelujah, where I'm just, I, there, there'll be dead bodies. At some point, you just have to stand. Just stay. I'm, I'm telling you. Oh, Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up. I'm going to wrap this up. Because I know people have to go. And I, th- I, You know what? From the depths of my heart, I, I, I thank everybody that makes a sacrifice to be here. I really do. I really do. I thank you as the speaker. But I want you to know, you are receiving a whole lot from God. This is good for your soul. This is good for your soul, even on the hard days. Even on the hard days. Hebrews 13 and 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. My my responsibility as your pastor, is to give an account for you. I have to. And I do, every day. I actually do. I have all your names. Every sing- everybody here. I haven't put Renee on my list yet, but he's going on now. He's been coming to church too much. But when I lived with Renee, me and Renee were roommates, I prayed for Renee every day. I prayed for Renee every day. And I pray for you. And I got all kinds of little notes jotted down. Let me know if you want me to read them to you. (laughs) We can do this. Hey, you may not believe this. You may not believe this. You may think, ah, that's a bunch of hooey. I'm very careful what I say to God about you. I'm really careful. There's, there's, days, there's days I want to say a whole lot. There's days I feel like I have a real valid opinion. 